You're listening to Lost and Sound, a podcast exploring music, identity, and the future. My name's Paul Hanford. I've always believed that one of the best ways we come together is through music. And through this series, I'm looking at how music can and is bringing us together now and in the future. From my base in Berlin, we'll be meeting artists from a range of disciplines from all across the world who are drawing on music right now. Some already exploring new ways of doing this. Today, I had a chat with Stuart Staples. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're good. It is absolutely, it's like about minus seven right now in Berlin. It's the whole of the city has got this layer of snow over it. And where I am along the canal in Kreuzberg, it's partially frozen. Even the the swans that usually rule the canal, they seem to rule it. They're the, they're the gang that owns this canal. They've got the official unmelding in place that gives them authority over this canal they're they're kind of huddled away um the birds that you can hear are obviously made of more hardcore stuff i hope you're good i hope you're having a good one um you're about to hear an interview that happened a couple of weeks ago now with stuart staples that's right of tinder sticks someone who i feel has made such on me anyway such a singular impression in their sound i feel like since the early 90s tinder sticks have created a world of sound and imagery around what they do when i first heard them i was immediately drawn to this kind of melancholic romanticism that they seem to tap into so well I'd listen and in my mind I'd picture a group of gentlemen musicians that wear good suits and read old paperbacks. At the same time there's so much more going on there. They're just about to release Distractions, the new album which was recorded in the first lockdown. And I spoke with Stuart from his home in France about this, about many other things including his film scoring for the French director Claire Denis and the group the television personalities this is lost and sound with stuart staples yeah yeah brilliant um thanks for speaking well yeah i'm good actually well the best as best as you can do really um how how about you the same you know it's uh, i think it's, it's, in in some ways it's uh, when you work kind of uh, at home and you uh, spend your days work- working in some ways it's not so different but in a kind of a, an outlook way and missing uh, missing berlin missing uh, madrid missing places i'm used to being in so yeah but on a day to day way it's kind of you know there's lots to do so it's um it's not so bad you know people are 
far worse, I'm sure. So. Yeah, and you, you're in you're in yeah. France at the moment, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, I've, a lot of um, artists that I've spoken to were kind of saying with the first lockdown, they kind of enjoyed, well, not enjoyed is maybe the wrong word, and it's a hard word to use, but um, were, weren't used to maybe not being in lots of different countries and not touring and stuff. Yeah. Was there an initial period where you could kind of find yourself relaxing? Um, I, I don't know, really. I don't think so, because I think. Um, I think you know everybody has a a kind of um, um, a kind of uh, a place in their workflow, you know. And uh, I think for us, we were halfway through a tour, so so it was like um, we were sound checking in Bordeaux, and it's like, okay, guys, pack up, go home. And we had to get like um, you know, fourteen people home that night, you know. It was kind of um, and so it was um, there was a lot of energy, you know. There was there was a lot of energy that was there and kind of and it was just gone and so so I think you know if you're kind of um you know if 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 I was in the kind of cycle of okay I'm writing an album at the moment and stuff I probably would have enjoyed it without that kind of pressure but I think it was something for us that was kind of uh kind of ripped ripped away from us and it was our first tour in like four years you know so so it was um it was kind of, you know, it was just our own story, you know, that uh, I think everybody has their own story in this. And I think, uh, you know, ours was, was that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so you were actually, you did the sound check, but didn't get to play that night. Uh, we almost did the sound check. We were just about to oh, walk on gosh. stage. We, yeah. we, we, we just got the kind of um, the okay from the crew, you know, to, to do that. So, yeah. yeah, but it's, um, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, I think, you know, in, in, in one way, you know, we we played um, 30, thirty concerts at the beginning of last year, and we had to cancel thirty or forty. Mm. So it's um, so in one way, I kind of you know, I feel I feel lucky that uh, that we were able to do that because there's people I know that were ready to start in April or something, you know, mm. that had a new album out, all that work, all that kind of energy, and it's like. Um, it's kind of gone forever, so at least we got to kind of uh, like touch it, you know, in a way. So. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point, actually, isn't it? Because so much energy and nerves and preparation goes into into putting um, any stage of a project together, whether it's touring or an album and stuff like that. And um, do you think that you'll go uh, when this is over? Do you think you'll kind of feel like? Obviously, an album's come out since, but do you feel like you'll be going back to revisit where you left off in a way live? Um, no, I think it's a moment in time. You know, I think I think um, touring "No Treasure But Hope" was very particular, and um, and so um, it's uh, it's such a kind of um, a naturalistic record. It was kind of um, you know re- rehearsed, um, you know, rehearsed around the piano. It was very uh, much about um, the five of us being together, and to take that onto a stage was a really kind of natural process. I think you know if we were if we were looking at um, like thinking about playing distractions, say I think we'd all be sitting around scratching our head, going, "How do we do this? How do we do <laughs> yeah. that?" But but, I, but 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 I think in a way it's um, there is also I realized with making the album that 
that without a kind of pressure to take it onto a stage kind of brought a different kind of freedom to the record as well, which I really enjoyed. So, because I wasn't thinking about how do we do this on stage or how do we, you know, how do we represent this? It had a, it had a totally different kind of freedom about it. And I, and I think that that, you know, in one way was a really positive thing for the record itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I love distractions and it, it does feel like, I mean, your music to me has always sounded very intimate, but this feels like intimate in a different way, like maybe with more kind of like sort of smaller electronic sounds driving parts of the music as well. Is this one of the things that you kind of got into exploring because of this? Um, I think it's it's something, I, I think, um, you know, a lot of the last... Um, period have been kind of um, I have or we have been working on things like the High Life sound, soundtrack or um, my solo album Arrhythmia or um, the soundtrack of My New Bodies and I think it's you know we it, it went to a lot of different places in making those records they're all kind of pretty under the radar but but I think that you know there was a lot a lot learned from um, from working on those and I think coming back together making No Treasure But Hope pianos, double bass, um, you know, kind of uh, vibraphones. It's, it's like, um, it, it, it's a place that, um, you know, that, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever easy making, making music, but I think, you know, everybody with no treasure but hope is in their kind of, um, their, uh, I wouldn't say comfort zone, but they're in a space that they understand within the band. You know, you know what I mean, and, mm. and 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 so, and I and I think that even if everybody's pushing themselves and we're pushing the songs, I think there is still an element of kind of comfort around that. You know, and 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 it's it's it was nice to uh, to be in that space and to feel that, but I think it kind of left me with itchy feet. You know, and um, and I think that that's basically um, I think um, before. Um, before going on tour with with, with no, no, no tragedy but hope, I kind of made myself find some time to be in the studio for a few days because of Man Alone and the Bow Bends were kind of really heavy on my mind. And I thought, if I don't do something about this now, like this is going to just um, just be uh, kind of gradually forgotten about because I've got a whole year of touring in front of me. So so I kind of um, I sketched those songs out in uh, in January and. Um, and so the tour got slammed to a slammed to a halt, and um, you know these these things, these pieces of music, were still really kind of um, kind of alive inside me. And so I just found myself being pulled back to the studio, and then I stayed there a while, and um, and started to you know exchange the ideas with the band, getting things back from them, and kind of just over over the first lock, lock, lockdown, it was just grew. And, and sketched out really and then in the summer we were able to jump on planes get together in studios and and just try and um, figure it all out you know so 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 I think it's um you know it's a mixture of things it yeah, I don't think it is a reaction to to being to being in a lockdown but at the same time it kind of it definitely fed into it and had an effect on it for sure so yeah, it's interesting sort of finding out all of these different ways people have kind of reacted, whether it's consciously or just through circumstances and not consciously into it. But like what you were saying a little bit just now about like high, um, high life as well. I, I watched that in the summer and I wasn't aware that you did the soundtrack till 
the end of the film and I really enjoyed the soundtrack. And what, I mean, you've worked, this is great. And like, I, I loved the uh, Trouble Every Day soundtrack um, years ago, even though the film terrified the hell out of me. Um, did you, um, yeah. what, what was the, <laughs> did you find it quite a terrifying film? Um, we, we we lost a few kind of uh, engineering assistants in the studio while we were working on it for sure. You know, I, I, I think you kind of um, you, you you kind of get to a point where you become you, you're, you're so wrapped up in the work and what you're trying to achieve, you become numb to the uh, to, to, to to the emotions in it. Sometimes, you know, you mm. kind of you you latch onto something and you really you really kind of pushing it. I think that scene, um, you know, which which is a brilliant scene, and you know, and um, um, with 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 Beatrice, with, the, with with like the cannibal scene when she when she lures that young guy in, into the room, it's like it's uh, it, you know it's it was a tough thing to work on, but at, at the same time you you just get you you're looking for something and you're just concentrating on that all the time. You never step back and go, oh my god, what's happening here? So so, but but the people are the people around us were like dropping like flies in the studio. It's, um, <laughs> it's so it's um, but 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 yeah, but it's you know I think it's uh, I think with um, you know with making trouble every day, especially it's it's kind of um, it's it's kind of a in in a similar way high life is as well. It's it, it's like a gift, um, you know, for for somebody to make music for really because you have this um, you have this film that's um, it's got such um, such an identity, um, but the way that Claire um, thinks about it and the way she always talked about it before she even gave us the script was that it was a film about kissing, about rope romance, you know, and, and why, why, um, why people want to bite each other, you know, and I think that that's when you start from that point and um, you, uh, you, you connect with a certain romance inside of it, you know, it's a really exciting space to be in, you know, with a film like Trouble Every Day, which is really tough and um, and gruesome in parts, but to concentrate on the, the definite romance that's inside it, and I think that that's um, some something that uh, is 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 like a gift, you know. I think it's so so. Um, yeah, I was I was very um, kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm always kind of happy to have had the opportunity to work on a film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's a very kind of like your, your music has always, to me, felt very romantic as well. And it's, um, yeah, having that kind of romanticism kind of blended with the horror and the beautiful way it's filmed is such a, you know, I think that makes it more, all the more terrifying in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, I, 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 I agree, you know, I, um, I, I watched it relatively recently. There was a screening at a festival that we were playing, and I, I kind of uh, I went and I went and watched watched it. And it, but it's it's really really hard not not to um, criticize your own work. You know, I think it's um, you know it's not like um, you go back and you know I'll play this album from. 1997 and put it on and go oh yeah I'm just going to critique this because I probably won't be able to stand it you know but uh, but I think there was something that that kind of even though I was kind of critical of things uh, to do with to do with our work it was still uh, the whole thing kind of you know eventually made me forget you know, that, <laughs> that I was 
involved in those moments and those decisions you know so yeah and do you ever have that about your own albums as well like um you're talking about like uh, being critical about the past or past what you've done have you ever had moments where you've heard um old albums of yours and for a second forgotten that it's you or forgotten your involvement in it i think it, i think it it's um no re- recently I, I was somewhere and um and uh, the first album came on. And it's not, it's so long ago now. It's kind of, um, you, you kind of, um, I know it's me and I know uh, the ideas and the ideas that you're kind of exploring and look, looking for. But at, at the same time, it's so long ago, you can like almost kind of just appreciate it as the surface again now rather than these like uh depths of um it kind of um uh, you, you know the the exploration that you know that you just get involved in when when you're making a record so so i think think no you, you can have feelings like you know, especially about when when you're a singer i mean it's mm. like hearing yourself sing 30 years ago is like he's looking at like looking at a picture of yourself 30 years ago. It's, like, um, it's not, it's not, it's never, um, you know, I think that part for me is never, um, you know, is never um, enjoyable in that way. But in writing, you know, I think in, in, in writing, I think when, 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 when you write um, a song or react to um, a film or a situation, you're making a piece, piece of music, it, it's always as if you're, for me, like, um, you're starting afresh and going, you know, how do you write a song? And I think it's, and so I've had moments when I've heard songs that, that, that were written a long time ago and think, wow, how, how, how did I do that? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I mean, if, if, if somebody said to me, like, write a song like Travelling Light Now or something, I, I, I go, wow, I, I wouldn't know kind of, kind of where, where to start. You know, I think it's, uh, and I think there is that about, about writing, about um, kind of uh, chasing ideas that you, 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 a lot, a lot of the time you feel as though you're you're just trying to un- understand something and trying to give it some form, and it's not like you can carry for me like um, a whole load of technique in there to go. Yeah, I can do this. I can do that. You know, I think. But but I think gradually, the other side of that is gradually you kind of build build up a confidence that if you feel something and you chase it, you know, you will find something within it. And I think that that's the, the other side of it. I can't, I can't apply kind of um, learn techniques, but at the same time I can kind of feel as though, okay, I really feel this. So where's it taking me and, and kind of try and enjoy that kind of ride. So. Would, you, would you say you, you trust your instincts um, in, in that, with regard that more now than you did when you were younger i think i think i i think it's just trusting in it a different way i think it's like i think when you're younger you just don't examine things like that you just run at things you know? and um and i and i and i think that um when you go through kind of periods of doubt or whatever and you kind of go well you kind of in, inside you think well you did this you did this you found this so there must be something in there that kind of allows you to be um hopefully um you know kind of wiser but but to keep a kind of that that sense of no naivety wonder or a kind of um you know um 
kind of exploration i think it's like i think it's it boils down to that and i think it's uh, and i think that's may, maybe especially true with um, with with distractions in a way that um you know I, I think in january i had this idea for for this song say man alone or the bow bends but i didn't know where they were taking me and um you know it's kind of it's a feeling of uh, it's not so much i mean it's as much to do with um sonics as it is to do or atmosphere as it is to do with uh, the actual notes that a moment you hear something you feel something and you kind of want to see understand why this is so powerful to you and it mm. takes you on a whole kind of journey you know and i think that that's um get kind of glimpses of, of things like that and i think with um you know with this with distractions i think you know you kind of really felt like we were in unknown territory and i think it's uh, and i think that's kind of an exciting place to be you know i think in that way it's, uh, it feels uh kind of closer you know kind of feels um, kind of uh, close closer to some kind of intent in some way yeah i love the way you describe that yeah definitely it's, it's it just feels such a sort of uh close listening experience like you feel like listening to my headphones this morning kind of feel the sounds like in my ears a little bit even though some of the textures are very gentle it's just very in your ears <laughs> yeah no I, well i mean i think i've just kind of um you know as you say you, you just you just find ways and find and it's, and it's not just about to say it's not just about writing it's 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 so much about kind of the actual uh, kind of sonic quality of sounds as well and and i th- i think they are you know just as uh, kind of um, emotional as uh, music melody itself you know i think it's uh, of how you create how you create sounds what those sounds um, say themselves even without mm. kind of bringing bringing melody or rhythm but just having something to say themselves and i think that that's uh, when you kind of get into that space i think uh, you know it's it's wasn't you know i would never say it was an an easy easy record to make but i think um for all of us we ended up in a a different space than 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 like to bring for everybody to bring their ideas to the record it was a diff- they came, they needed to come at it from a different angle because this it wasn't the space wasn't available that was usually available to them say on mm. not not on no, no, no treasure but hope there isn't like a space for neil to play like lead, lead electric guitar all the way all, mm. all the way through it you know and, and i think but even for earl you know it's like um it it became um his his ideas changed from you know i mean we went we worked on the rhythms together but at, at the same time you know it, it, he was able to bring so much more to the record, played a lot of synthesizer on it, and has different ideas in that way to how other people have them in the band. And it just kind of, all those little things bring a kind of a freshness to it. I mean, even with me playing bass, because I, I played bass so much on the record, and, and um, it, it's just a different way of approaching bass guitar than, than Dan would, 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 would play with his, with his silky, his silky fingers, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> you took the silky fingers away. Yeah. Well, you know, he, uh, you know, he 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 replaced a lot a, a lot of the bass guitar, but but for me, it was um, the bass was the centre of the record when I was kind of here alone and kind of sketching it out, and I I didn't want to pick up a guitar. I just kind of found myself just picking up bass all of 
all of the time to find what, what it was I was looking for. So the bass became kind of really important. But I was sitting there a lot of time going, I really can't wait to give this to Dan McKinnon. I can't wait to give this bass line <laughs> to Dan McKinnon and see what he does with it. So, but but some of it survived, you know. And so, um, but I, I, I just mean I think it, it it's it, it's it feels looking back that it was important to to kind of um, to break down those kind of roles in a band, especially you know and, uh, when you're a band that have been creating for a long time. It's like uh, you need to kind of find not 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 that really. Um, we were looking for that, but the ideas for this record provided a kind of a demand to look at it in a different kind of way. Mm. Yeah, and if we go, go back to early days, if that's okay. Um, you, so you, you were born and grew up in Nottingham. Yeah. And there's this quote that you said in an interview. I'm sorry to quote you because I know sometimes people, we, we all say things, so we go, did I say that? Well, that was, in a, that was on a Tuesday two years ago, but where you said it was important to be pretentious when, when you were growing up. And I, I love that, but I'm really interested to know what you mean by that. Well, I, th- I think that, the, you know, I think that, that um, when you're young, I think um, being, being pretentious is kind of um, hand in hand with some kind of ambition. And I think if you're, if you come from like a, like a, a mining town in Nottingham, you know, it's like um, as soon as you, um, as soon as you're not kind of part of that, you know, as soon as you break out and have your hair different or listen to different music, or you, know, you are pretentious. And I think it's, or, or you're perceived as being pretentious. And I think mm. it's, I think, you know, I think that there is something about it that is kind of, um, you know, is um, it's important. I mean, you know, I may, maybe it was able to kind of allow you to break out of this, uh, of, of these, this environment that you know, kind of. I wasn't really raised to think uh, beyond the end of my street, you know. And you mm. know, and I think it's, uh, and I, and I think there was something else that I needed, you know. And I think it's, uh, and and so I think, yeah, I think when when you're young, I think you know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard not to be if you're looking for something, you know, in a way, artistically, I suppose. It's, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's not a bad quote. No, it's a good, I love it, I love it. I thought it was going to be something terrible. But... No, no, yeah. no, I love it as well. And I think, um, how, how did you um, kind of explore um, being different or being being a kind of a my, musician. My pretentiousness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did they explore my pretentiousness? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, look, look, looking back, you know, you're, you're um, you know, the ed- education came from music, really. Fashion came from music, you know, for people, you know, of, of my age. And so, you know, so it's, it's like, uh, and there are lines that you discover and follow and you kind of educate yourself, you know. And so, you know, I think, um, you know, I think like, like um, you know, here in Joy Division, play Sister Ray, you go, what's this? You go and find it, you, you get into the Velvet Underground and you follow, you, you follow that line, you, you follow those, 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 those lines, I think. It, and I think it's a similar thing with, with, with literature in a way, you know, that musicians would talk about this, would talk about that, and then you go and discover that. And, and even if you think, you know, yeah, you know, 
I should be reading Jean Paul Sartre or something. You know, if, mm-hmm. I, if you actually make that effort to do that, you know, it's like it's it's um, not necessarily. I wouldn't say that. Uh, it, what, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, you do take something from it. Mm-hmm. You may not. I may not. You wouldn't. I may not um, taken from it what I would take from it now. But you do take something from it. You know, and but but it's probably driven by just being pretentious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we all kind of start somewhere and then suddenly we realise it's sort of, our, it's, it's gone into us in a totally different way, hasn't it? And, and, you, you're yeah, kind of, think, yeah. and you were sort of saying um, as well, there was something you said recently um, that about um, the way in the 80s, with the things that people were angry about, like Thatcher and the closures of mines and, and all of this, you, you sort, of, sort of mentioned that there's a sort of feeling that things have gone a little bit full circle in terms of there's a lot of things to be angry about again with, with the state of the world and, and politics and, and stuff. Well, do, you, do you feel an, echo, an echoing? I, I, I do feel an echoing, and I think it's... Um... And I, I think my main kind of um, feeling from that was a kind of, um, you know, a feeling that, that our, our generation, we kind of um, naturally tried so hard, you know, and, um, you know, to break down these, um, these things that were in front of us. And, and, and in, you know, I think whether that was kind of, you know, rock against racism. What punk did? Um, what what punk did to kind of um, op- open up that conversation? And you know, I know the the way the police were in the late late seventies. All of those things. You know, they you feel as you you felt as though they gradually changed. You know what I mean? Like um, the the I think our generation kind of pushed something to change. You know, and um, and then you kind of arrive here. And you look around you, and then you have like, a, like a, a, a moment like George, like like George Floyd, and you're just kind of looking around you, and you're thinking, "Wow, this is like, um, this is so much like kind of like uh, how we felt as young people in the 1980s." And um, you know, and when when we had Thatcher and Reagan, and, and you're kind of looking at the British government, the American government, and the whole kind of. Um, conversation that has kind of changed again you know that it's okay to be kind of um you know that all of these um all of these doors have been that were closed feels like like they've been opened again gradually and so and i kind of felt a kind of um that that i think the thing that made me kind of really kind of cross about it was just a kind of maybe just a feeling of complacency that this, you think these battles were over, and our generation maybe felt like these battles were over, and maybe they're just never over, you know. And um, mm. so, but I think that that's, um, I, I, I think that that's, and, and you know, we've all, at that time we'd all been locked up for three months, and I think, you know, you're kind of feeling uh, kind of edgy any, anyway, and I think it's, uh, but. But yeah, I think that that's why the I, you know I think the um, the television personality song just kind of just really connected with me at that moment, like kind of from uh, deep in my uh, kind of musical library, mm. and just kind of came out, you know. And I think the when when I started to think about it, started to sing it, I think there is something about the naivety and of it and being 
prepared to be naive and to say things that are naive. It, it, it kind of felt like um, it was the right kind of sentiment to me at that moment. So. I'm just going off on a tangent on something you said there about being okay to be naive. Um, it felt like um, since, since the 90s, there's been sort of so much more kind of irony in postmodernism as well. Do you think people were, became a bit afraid to be naive when they're commenting about things as well for a long time? Yeah, I think. I mean, I I think so. I mean, I, I um, yeah, I I I think thinking about the nineties, I think um, I know there's lots of nostalgia for the nineties, you know, like um, now and um, and for people who didn't, you know, were not kind of active in that time, young younger people. But uh, I had kind of um, I had great problems in the nineties, really. I mean, I just kind of culturally socially i think it's uh, i've kind of um you know if people say you know yeah you were kind of part of this or part or part of that you know and 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 the 90s in a way was a really uh, really exciting time for us it's the first time after 10 years anybody had ever taken any notice of the music that we were making and you know it was it was um in we were traveling we were leaving the country we were meeting people through our music and i think all of that was was such um it, it was so invigorating but at the, at the same time there was this um kind of um feeling in the you know just in the culture that kind of felt so alien from and so kind of out out on a limb that we weren't kind of in, in step with what was going on, you know, that, and, and so, um, so yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I think, I think the nineties, it did, it did change people, I think in a way, I mean, you know, and for all of its faults, we, I can look back on it now and go, yeah, that was a really positive time, you know, um, you know, like people had hope, you know, and people were kind of excited about the future. And, and so, Looking back, I can say, yeah, I, I can see that, and that's that's great. But when you were kind of living living through it, there was there was something going on that was just felt um, so kind of um, kind of plasticky in a way. Um, you know, kind of what? Sorry, pardon me. Kind, kind kind of plastic, kind of plasticky. You know, like mm. um, if there's some some something that was was um, was harder. Hard to touch things, or like to un- understand something, or you know what, what was going on. There was so much kind of um, kind of uh, front, so much presentation in a way. I, th- I, found, I found it kind of difficult. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I always felt that in um, I, I, I kind of really got into music in the early nineties, and I kind of felt uh, that Tindersticks one of the acts that kind of felt very kind of individual whilst all around there was a lot of music that I do love, but it did feel a lot more presented. Like a lot of the Britpop music at the time felt very like um, steeped in layers of English heritage and and irony and and stuff like that, which is, I guess it was very valid at the time. But now, like, I kind of feel that there's edges that are very misogynistic and there's, there's, you know, edges that are problematic. yeah, I mean, I think that that whole, you know, that was so kind of uh, side by side with that kind of um, like a culture that I suppose that lo- loaded represented, you know, that mm. kind of way of um, way of viewing women, 
there was something, I don't know, there's just something that um, just didn't kind of feel like I didn't feel comfortable in that way, kind of way. And I think it went through everything, the, the, the TV kind of just attitudes in general, even bank managers or, you know, kind of banks, just kind of everything's kind of, kind of everything was great. Everything was kind of, you know, uh, it's, uh, it, it was a kind of strange time. Did you feel ever like any more pressure to, to have kind of, because I always felt like you guys have just done whatever you've wanted to have done or like, but did you feel any kind of pressure at any point to kind of become a little bit more like this or a little bit more uh, like in line with what was fashionable at the time? It always felt like you guys just carried your own ground. Well, always do. I think, I, I think we had this, you know, we had this, um, we had this starting point, I suppose, that was, that we, you know, for, for many years, you know, we were, we were trying, you know, in the music business, making demos, sending it to A&R people, you know, like um, trying to please people. And I think that um, there was a point that, that um, and it had a lot to do with uh, moving to London, um, getting out of Not- Nottingham, luckily um, getting a job at the Rough Trade Shop at, at a really 1990. It was like there was um, there was so much kind of um, kind of DIY energy, you mm. know, and um, and a real kind of um, anti corporate kind of DIY energy about all all the good music that was being made at that time, you know, and um, and 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 I kind of got such a kind of um, great education from that situation, and um, and I think that there was a point when you know we were still kind of running around, making demos, trying to get people to listen to our music. And, and I think there was a point when, like, uh, somebody promised something, let us down, and you just thought, oh, God. And there was a point where you just say, just not going to try anymore. You know, I'm not going to try and do, 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 do this anymore. And I think from that point was, like, I think the band almost stopped at that point. It was the summer, and maybe the summer of 1990, 91. And, um, and it was... I think from that moment, it was like we got back together and said, okay, I want to play music, but I don't, I don't want to kind of be involved in this kind of way of trying to succeed. And so we made a single in our kitchen, pressed it up ourselves, sold 500 copies of it. And then, then we made a 10 inch, sold 1500 copies of it. And then the record companies we've been chasing around for you know, eight years started to chase us around, and it was fun, you know. And um, and and I think that taking that in, that feeling into making our first album, there was a certain element of you know this might be the only record we're ever going to make. So it was it ended up being like twenty two songs and a, a double album, and everything. Everybody kind of said, no, you shouldn't do that, but it, it worked. And I think. With that, that carried through to the second album. You just think, well, we did exactly what we wanted to on the first album, so and it worked, so let's do that on the second album. And I think that that period of time was so great and so creative for us. And um, you know, there were, and then you know, then things start to get real. I think when music becomes your job and not your escape, that's a hard thing, I think, for for any kind of younger mu- musician to kind of deal with. I think because it becomes kind of you know 
serious business of like paying your rent and you know and uh you know i, I think I, I i've always um you know from 1993 it's like it's when i became a father and i think that those um it stops being kind of this dream world, I suppose. And I think our third album was a kind of, um, you know, it's probably my least favorite record, you know, uh, out of, you know, even though I love parts of it, but, and, but it is, it is a record that lots of people really love, but, you know, for me, I, I, you know, it was kind of, um, I felt like we were kind of trying to hold on to something while at the same time, really pushing something because we the music we were making was really growing but the thing inside us was kind of shrinking but the adventure was still was still kind of you know like pushing forward musically and I think it's a strange kind of thing but I think fundamentally I think we had become slightly self-aware and I think that that I don't. I think in the first two albums, there uh, there isn't an ounce of being self-aware, you know? and I think it's. And I think on the third album, it was like, um, if you're just giving you a long answer to the question, but I think that that there is a point, you know, where where you you kind of have to examine all these things of where you're being pulled or where you think you should go, or what, and then and then to try and figure out a way forward for it. And I think from going from our third album to making Simple Pleasure. And I think Simple Pleasure was like a, a kind of a quiet revolution for us. Everything was broken down. Everything was started again. And I think that, um, and with that, I think that if we hadn't have made that record how it was made, I don't, I don't think we would still be playing music now. You know, I think we would have carried on down a line and kind of just gradually kind of fizzled. But I think it was so brutal, the change in a way of working everything. It was a way of writing songs, way of rehearsing together. It was, um, it kind of um, created a kind of uh, a step that, that was, I think we survived it in a way. We learned so much and it was, we were able to move forward from there. But, but I think around, Around our third album, Curtains, I think we were being pulled, being yeah. being pulled to people pushing you, sell more records, do this, do 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 that, make make this video. Kind of, I, I look looking back on that, you know, we never did it. We never did, never did anything that we didn't decide ourselves that we were going to do. But look, looking back, it was a, definitely a time that was. Um, trying to come to terms with this thing that we'd created, whereas for three years we had such a time of freedom. And, uh, and I look back on that time really, really fondly. So. Yeah. Do you think, like, because, you know, again, it's like, you know, you see drawing from the atmosphere around you a lot with making music. And sometimes, like you were saying, with the third album, um, you know, there's times where, like, you know, the momentum goes in a different way. Do you, you feel like resilience is a very important factor to to creating? Um, I think it's, um, I, I think there is different kinds of resilience. I think that, um, I think our band's resilience, I think is, it comes from, I think my, my, myself, David and Neil, because we're from the same place and at the same time, you know, and, and there is something that kind of, and 
we we kind of grew up dreaming about the same things and 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 when we met we we had so much in common you know and I'm, and i'm not it's not like a, these idyllic relationships but i think there is there is something that that binds us together like that and i think we're all kind of not all the time but but i think um generally kind of restless and mm-hmm. i think that um and i think that um but those things kind of make the band resilient i think you know there's your own kind of uh, kind of personal resilience but um cre- like creative resilience but i think it, it, you have to have um you have to have a place to flow you know it's like it's like making dis- dis- distractions if i hadn't to have kind of um if if studios when you know were not important to me and i went to hire a studio every time wants to make a record it, i'd been in a different situation in um during the lockdown for 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 instance but i've been building my studio for 20 years and so it's kind of it's my natural works workspace and i think that that kind of things like that allow allow creativity to to flow you know and i think it's um the 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 things you build around you the relationships you build build around you they allow um ideas to flow you know and i think now we have uh, this big like musical family of you know so many different musicians that are involved in what we do and it's kind of if you do have an idea like um i don't know like when we when when we um made made the soundscapes for epra or something it's it's like uh, you know i i wouldn't know how to do that but i I had a strong feeling about something and I had and I had people around that are involved that I trust that you can kind of go I've got this idea this is the idea how do we approach it and then gradually you can find a way to make these things happen but I do think you need that kind of um um support even if it's you know like um, a, around you of like-minded people um you know kind of uh, a setup an environment that allows things to happen I think what you can hear there is is the bells of midday in Kreuzberg. Thanks so much um, to Stuart Staples for sharing his thoughts and reflections for us there. Um, the album Distractions, I believe, is out on February the 19th. I might be totally wrong with that. It's actually too cold for me to get my notes out here along the canal. Um, I love chatting with him. Um, he was in the talk he was every bit the gentleman that i'd kind of perhaps imagined he would be and there was this just really beautiful moment natural moment where during the interview um his room on zoom got dark because we went from nighttime from daytime to nighttime and as the light dimmed around him he made a rolling cigarette with one hand and smoked it as the light went down and i know it's such a simple little thing but it just felt so much in keeping in some way with with how i feel about tinder sticks this this kind of dusty romanticism and smoking rolling cigarettes at four in the morning reflecting on things kind of vibe which I know there's so much more to what he does and they do than that but it 
it just felt quite magical to me. Um, hope you're having a good week and I'll chat to you really soon. Boston Sound is written and produced by me, Paul Hanford. Title music by ESO. And a big thanks to Kieran Yates in the UK for mastering the levels. And this episode is being hosted by Bear Radio. And you can check out other English language podcasts from Berlin by going on bearradio.org. And if you enjoyed listening, please hit subscribe and leave a comment. It really does help. And you can also help if you wish, the production costs of Making Lost and Sound by buying me a digital coffee at coffee.com. There's a link in the socials. Take care and speak to you soon.